Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is Matt Michaels from Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing great, Vinny. Doing great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. How's everything going? How are you doing? You know, it's uh, it's been an extraordinarily weird year for everyone, so I'm doing as good as I can. Um, we, we have been, uh, a podcast for three years now, so it's been great building everything. And we got to talk to a lot of different people, especially wrestling talent and, um, various entertainment talent. And it's really cool to get a chance to talk to you, um, on our podcast. Uh, and if people want to hear more, uh, please go to the Vegas Bad Boys with a Z of podcasting on social media and uh, look us up and you'll hear an interview that uh, we'll have done with uh, Vinny and uh, Lance. And um, man, I'm telling you, um, I read the book in a very short amount of time. It was a very easy, simple read. And I was blown away, man. The The way it's written, it felt to me as if I was sitting down at a bar listening to Lance tell stories, man. It was it was just really really refreshing to uh to read something like this. Wow, that that's quite the compliment. I uh, I appreciate you saying that. Did you have anything particular, you know, if, if you read the book, you can you kind of see it's in three parts, so to speak, you know, his training and going to Portland, then he comes to Dallas, and then he goes across the seas and he wrestles over there. Was there a particular section of the book or a particular chapter that maybe resonated with you or stuck with you or something that you really liked? So I'm, I'm going to say I'm a little biased to uh, PJ Black, uh, who we've had as a guest. He's a friend of our show. Um, I've always been a fan of his wrestling. And getting to know PJ a little bit, um, I got to know about his dad, who was the Pink Panther in South Africa, and he was a promoter. And lo and behold, I had no idea that Lance went to South Africa and started wrestling there and had a a successful gym business blew my mind, man. I had no idea that that was you know, part of what he did. And like to, to think that at that point in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties, he got in on the ground. He was like a visionary of gyms because they had nothing like that in South Africa. And wow, man, it just was fascinating. Um, and who in their right mind goes on a bike ride through Africa. <laughs> that was, wow. What a, I mean, just unbelievable stories coming out of those years of his life to which, you know, the average wrestling fan and I, my guys 
always tease me about being a wrestling historian, someone who knows a lot about the past. But as much as I knew about Lance, I never knew any of that. And I'm like just now like wanting to hear more about those years and those experiences. Not really necessarily just about wrestling, but just how life was for him taking something he was shunned for in the States as being, you know, the non-existent Von Erich, the fake, and going over and just being able to make a name for himself and a living. It just, it blew my mind then. You know, a lot of people believe that his wrestling career ended when he left world class and, and come to find out, you know, his wrestling career lasted 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what, what is fascinating too, is that there's such a thread of other wrestlers from that time period in the eighties who people know Kamala, um, Dusty Wolf, you know, just flowing through that time in his life. And that to me was, it's it's almost like a whole section of wrestling history that tends to be ignored because of the fact that it happened halfway across the world. And I don't think that the focus on that stuff that was going on there was not really stuff that we were able to read about in, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated or, or one of the magazines. And it it's really nice now that we get a chance to have things like podcasts and um, the Internet to kind of further the understanding of the full story and not just what was fed to us. And I think that's the big thing with, with Lance is his story was really just fabricated in an office in Dallas, fed to magazines and, you know, given this persona, just like Vince McMahon would put on any character in wrestling, you know, everyone just kind of, food the whole thing, but if uh, Vince McMahon creates a character like that, he's a genius. But because he was a Von Erich, everyone took it to heart. And that, still to this day, makes no sense to me, man. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny. I, I have a friend of mine that we, we talk often about this, and it's like, you know, the Von Erich fans are, are – like loyal to a fall, you know, and I mean, God bless them. But man, you know, it's like when people come back to me with like, I don't like Lance. And I say, why? Because I just don't like him. I know, but why? You know, and it's like, they can't tell me why, you know, it's like, um, well, he's not a Von Eric. And it was like, dude, nobody in wrestling is who they say they are it's wrestling you know it's you know kamala was from mississippi you know it's like yeah the cat's out of the bag yeah and you know and that's the the other thing too 
I think really um, what is really conveyed well is the fact that the Von Erichs or, or, or even Fritz or David Manning, whoever was in control of the content that was going into the initial unveiling of Lance as the cousin, they allude to the fact that they sent him to Portland to train under a different name so that the attention wouldn't be on him being a Von Erich. <laughs> and so, you know, even that is just like, you can't blame Lance for any of that. That was from day one how they handled his character and what made me so just frustrated in reading the story is that you can see clearly how you told the story that Fritz was not pushing Lance at that point when Lance was done with it. He was almost, you know, he's starting to tag him with different guys who are not the Von Erichs. He's not really referring to him as a Von Erich. He was already setting him up to be, you know, forgotten about, to be honest. Uh, everyone who is anyone who's a fan of wrestling always tends to say about Vince McMahon one thing, and that is he always buries a guy before that guy walks out the door. And Fritz was doing the same thing. And Lance just happened to just walk out on it before Fritz was able to pull that trigger. And I think in some ways, without knowing it, Lance actually kind of saved himself from even more of a burial. And as fans, you know, can be, you know, very upset about the fact that he wasn't a real Von Eric, that actually is the only thing that they really tend to say is, well, he wasn't a real Von Eric, which goes to show that he had talent in the ring. And when he moved on and was able to wrestle overseas, he was able to bring the style of Lance, you know, when he was, you know, in Portland and trying to do the things he knew he could do in the ring, he wasn't confined to that Von Erich style. And I think in the writing that you did, it really conveys that fact that he was a good wrestler and uh, was just in a situation where uh, they pigeonholed him to one particular thing and that thing just became a scarlet letter in the fans' eyes because the fans always like to think that they know and trust everything that they see. <laughs> and then, of course, when you pull back the curtain, oh, well, that was that was him. He did that. And it's like, dude, I know you guys love the Von Erics, and I loved the Von Erics as a kid. But at the same time, I'm old enough now to go, you know what? After reading about it and understanding it, I actually like Lance even more now because I feel like I know him and his struggle and journey 
and kind of look at it like, you know what? They blew it down in Texas, man, because right. the whole thing started falling apart. And, and it was right around that time. You let Lance go, you badmouth him, and you just start seeing the disintegration of the company. Right. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was one of them, right? Yeah, the camel already had two vertebrae removed. It was, it was on its, you know, last couple of vertebrae. So, that, I mean, you know, and I think what also was conveyed very well in the book was the fact that with the piling on of the tragedies that were happening, I got a sense that what they were trying to do was kind of get almost a scapegoat for the business starting to um, dwindle down for the company. And in an odd way, that's, you know, kind of how I, I read it. You know, when you see, you know, David's passing and then Gino and then Mike, the next big event in WCCW was the whole backlash on Lance. That's pretty massive for a person to take, let alone a person when you get to see how his path into pro wrestling was, David Manning, seeing him on a golf course, and within two weeks, they're bringing him in to train. How can, how can you take the monster that you create? You know, it's like a Dr. Frankenstein situation, right? And then when the, the monster actually is doing well, you decide to now tell the uh, mob of townspeople, hey, by the way, he's a monster I created. <laughs> Go get him. Right. You know what's funny, and you brought up something that you said, you know, you, you talk about his talent, and, you know, a lot of people today, there's two things people will say. They'll say, he wasn't a very good wrestler, and we knew all along that he wasn't a Von Air. So if you you go to the WWE Network and you search the uh, – territories and, and world class go to the shows uh, between October of 1985 and what kind of April of 1987 there's plenty of Lance matches on there and let me tell you something now that you know that the guy was not a wrestler you know it wasn't one of these kids that or one of these people oh I'm going to be a wrestler one day no, someone came to him and said, hey, you want to be a wrestler? Put him on the fast track, throw him in the ring, go get him, Tiger, you know, and uh, that was how he learned. And, you know, so it, knowing that and then you watching him in the ring, those matches are are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're it, it's pretty amazing to think that, wow, he's in there wrestling, Gino Hernandez or Chris Adams or – Michael Hayes and all these guys ate, <laughs> slept, and drank wrestling, and he didn't. And that's pretty impressive. And another thing is, too, you know, you watch how the crowd treats him. They loved him. They loved him just like he was a Von Eric. He got 
he got mobbed just like he was a boner because that's what people believe. And, 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 you know, people don't, people say, oh, I knew all along. Yeah, they say that now because who likes to be duped, right? Exactly. You know, we, I lived in, I lived in that area and, you know, I, I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. And, you know, I love the Von Erichs. You know, it was brought up to my attention, you know, because I post a lot in, in, on the face groups about, you know, uh, different interviews or write-ups about the book. And someone, you know, of course, there are some people that think I overpost and they say, hey, uh, you know, uh, we get it. You're a, you're a Lance fan. And I'm like, look, I'm not a Lance fan. I can appreciate a good story. And this is a good story. Yeah, um, one of the things that I think to to put a lot of this into perspective, which is really amazing, is two trains of thought here. One, you brought up Gino Hernandez, and in the book, what I liked is how it was revealed that Gino was Gino, and he basically could come and go, you know, right right up almost to bell time, get in the ring, work a match, and then get the hell out of there, right? And so you have someone with very minimal training, you know, within a, a year or two, a year and a half in that time frame of just kind of learning and absorbing, which sometimes can take a good four or five years before you're thrust into a role that is so prominent. And Gino was the one who would, when Lance would say, hey, you know, how, what are we going to do tonight? You know, how is this going to – don't worry, kid. I'll just go out there and, and we'll do it. And so that says a lot about how Lance was able – to pick up on things because he was able to go in the ring and just listen to Gino calling it. A lot of times that takes someone three, four, five, six years to be in that heightened position to look good and to, you know, to make sure Gino doesn't look like crap because he's one of the company's top stars of the day. It's yeah. just amazing what, you know, that, and again, when people don't know the insides of the business. Now, I, I trained in pro wrestling, to be honest. So I, I know the structure and, and everything that goes into matches. I'm not going to say that I was a professional wrestling because I didn't wrestle professionally. But I trained for a good two years. And um, to know what Lance was able to do in that time frame, people just had no idea at all. And then on top of that, a lot of people, when you are put into your first roles, you're not a character that is demanding the attention that you would get as being a Von Eric. Could you imagine if Vince had Pat Patterson take, you know, some guy he saw in the gym and instead of them developing him as, you know, 
a jobber at first or some kind of masked wrestler. They made him uh, Hulk Hogan's, you know, cousin and started tagging him with Hogan in 1987. (laughs) It would have been like, holy crap, this is unreal. You know, to put that name on somebody, I mean, just the, the pressure that comes, you know, that would come with that. And on top of that, Vinny, I'm telling you, you know, what what is really fascinating is that when I think of WCW and David Flair got pushed right into the spotlight and his backlash was freaking huge that he was put out there and, well, he was only getting this opportunity because he was a Flair. And that was the feeling, you know, that was the anger fans had. They didn't give this guy any type of leeway because, well, he's only getting this because he's Ric Flair's son. Lance gets put in this position where he's not a Von Erich. He doesn't have the um, the actual bloodline to have to live up to that name, but he's given that character. And then the guys who gave him the character say, oh, by the way, he was never a Von Erich. That's messed up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. And not only did Fritz do it, but, you know, Kerry did it too. And Lance was always uh, always thought that, you know, that, that Fritz probably, hey, Kerry, this is what you're going to do. Because if you watch Kerry do it, which is on the network as well, he doesn't seem very comfortable doing it. Yeah, and and that was and that was very evident in the book, um, especially when the uh, you know the relationship between um, you know Carrie and his wife and Lance and, and his wife at the time um, was discussed. And you know, as a kid, again, to me, I looked at a guy like Carrie was one of my favorite guys, man. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I think I, you know, in, in growing up and looking back at what he had, it wasn't that it was necessarily the look or the wrestling style, but there was something about Carrie that you felt genuinely engaged in as if, you know, you could sit back with him, uh, you know, at a bar, have a drink and, um, just have a good time, man. He seemed like he was an, a, a real, honest, legit person. Whereas you looked at a guy like, you know, Kevin, dude was kind of just an intense dude and just didn't have that same personality. And I think that ultimately I could see where a guy like Kerry and a guy like Lance could connect. And in some ways, and this is, interesting to think about this after reading the book it made me think that i think carrie might have been a little and i don't mean this in a jealousy type manner but a little envious that lance could at any time he didn't have to be lance von eric he could leave that behind but Kerry would always have to be a Von Eric for the rest of his life. And ultimately, 
I think that's why he killed himself. It's just wow. it's unreal, man. Yeah. You know what? I never even thought about that. You know what I would like to do? Why don't we go ahead and we wrap up this? And can I bring you back next week? Can we uh, do a part two on this, Matt? Absolutely. Anything for you, brother. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, thank you very much for your time. I want to tell everybody where they can get the book. They can get it at lancebychance.com, and they can get it on Amazon. So thank you very much. This is the Wrestleville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon.